Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Christopher Hall Show. I'm excited to welcome to the program, Dr. Christopher Hall. Dr. Hall, how are you? Thank you for your service. That's why you're, again, on the phone. As you continue to serve us, even, you know, we're dealing with coronavirus, being on the front lines. How are you, Dr. Hall? Well, I'm doing great, and it's excited um, how things are going across the country uh, with the infections that are going down, and people are out in the sun, so wow, uh, just uh, doing good. Awesome. Introduce our guest. He's so inspiring and he has a great message. Wow. Well, you know what? This is really something the nation needs right now. And, uh, and so, you know, I'm very excited to uh, introduce uh, actually uh, a, a former Villanova standout uh, when he was playing there, uh, an author, uh, a person who knows a lot about diversity and inclusion. Wow. I'd like to welcome to the show, Mr. Bo Dean Sanders. Welcome to the show, Bo Dean. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, so you were talking to me off there. So you were going, you you played at Villanova what years? Did you know? Uh, I was, I transferred to Villanova out of the oldest HBCU in the country, which is Cheney University. And uh, if you guys remember the uh, uh, Andre Waters, the Philadelphia Eagles, strong safety. Yep. He, he was a senior when I was a freshman at Cheney. And then I transferred to Villanova because Villanova um, brought his program back because they dropped it after Howie Long got drafted to the Raiders. And they dropped it for three years and they brought it back in 84. And so I was there from 84 to 89. So you were at the point where, I, as I remember, 85 was that miracle year when you beat Georgetown in basketball. So that was you, that was my freshman year, your freshman year. And what, what a what a crazy fan base Villanova football and basketball has, don't they? They really are. They're they're really into their sports. Well, well, basketball obviously is the is the number one sport on the campus. And so uh, in terms of its uh, history, our track program is, has a better outstanding uh, history than the football program. But really? the football program, you know, pulls in a, a, a strong third. Okay, we'll go with that. All right, Dr. Hall, what's your first question for Bodine? Oh, well, no problem, no problem, because I'm, I'm very interested in getting into his story and what his message is uh, today for America. But, you know, Bodine, tell us a little bit about how you grew up there in Jackson, Florida, uh, with your mom and your siblings, and what that was like as a child. Well, that's a, Doc, that's a great question. I grew up in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, in the book, I refer to, it, refer to it as the former Southern Confederate South. And I grew up in a predominantly Black neighborhood community. I went to an all black junior high, they now call it middle school. And then I went to an all black high school. And so I didn't have any diversity with the way most people think of diversity uh, growing up. I had a, I mean, obviously we had a few, probably more than a few um, white teachers, but mostly it was a black environment. So, What's great about my story is Howie Long was the first one to tell me or advise me to put my story on paper because Howie's obviously world traveled. He's been around, he's a ton of experience. 
And he recognized when someone told him the story that I transferred from the oldest HBCU in the country to Villanova. And so uh, that propelled me to, to seriously think about writing the book. Because again, I grew up in an all pretty much an all black community. And so I lacked diversity from a white and a black perspective growing up. Wow. And that's important to have diversity, isn't it? And try, oh, yeah, absolutely. A absolutely. And I didn't understand it or realize it until I got to Villanova. Because if you know Villanova, Irish, Italian, Catholic, uh, affluent, what we would call predominantly white institution nowadays, I think they call it traditional white institution. So that was the beginning process of me learning and, and diversity wasn't a strong word in the lexicon in the eighties, right? It was more like melting pot and, you know, a few of those other, other words that were used. Um, but that's where I began to experience diversity and understand it and, and go through that process. Go ahead, Dr. Hall, the next question. Wow. And so, and so that's important because his background sets the stage to the experiences that he goes through and, and how we can all uh, go through certain stages to learn about diversity. So now tell me, um, you know, you started off uh, playing football at, at Cheney uh, University. University. Uh, now, so were you some type of standout high school football player? I mean, how did you end up playing football there? Well, I was not a standout. Uh, my, my story begins uh, with me graduating high school and not having been offered a scholarship. Oh my. I, had a, I had a few teammates, Kevin Martin, who's a wide receiver who committed and went to Boston College to play with some guy by the name of Doug Flutie. And, and then I had a teammate going to Central Florida. I had a teammate going to uh, Troy, uh, a teammate going to Cheney. So I had a few, a teammate going to North Carolina. So I was out, I was one of the guys that didn't have an opportunity to go to college. So, but what was, what was important to me was not to give up on the dream. So I continued to work out. I got a job and when I wasn't at work, I was working out. And then I was thrown a Hail Mary because my sister, a few of her high school classmates who were in college, my sister was at Bethune Cookman, which is another HBCU in Daytona Beach. They were work and my godmother were working behind the scenes because they saw me practicing. They saw me doing wind sprints in front of the house from, from telephone pole to telephone pole at one o'clock in the morning. And they say, you know, he's really serious. He wants to go to college and play football. So the next thing you know, the teammate that was at Cheney was involved in the process. And the next thing, you, next thing I knew, I was headed to Cheney University. So that's how mm -hmm. I got to Cheney. Having that opportunity where it's it, just to get there and then the progress. So how much you worked your butt off to finally get there. How did you decide? To, why did you transfer from Cheney to Villanova? Well, I, I absolutely, that's a, Neil, that's a great question. I love Cheney. And most people transfer out of a school for a number of reasons. 
there, especially if you're a student athlete, you're not getting time that you think you deserve, or you don't get along with the coach, or you don't like the environment or whatever, right? There's you get homesick. Maybe you want to move closer to home. There could be a number of reasons. I absolutely love Cheney. It was a beautiful campus in the suburbs, which is similar to where I grew up. I didn't grow up in the inner city. If you're familiar with Jacksonville, Florida, right. it's the second largest city in the United States land-wise, right? So I grew up in a, in, in, you know, in a suburban area. Um, so I love Cheney, beautiful campus, awesome. I enjoyed the experience and I'm a positive person. So I didn't have any negatives, but the opportunity to go from division two to division one double A, I couldn't turn it down because as a kid growing up in the South, Neil, you know this, right? You grew, you grew up dreaming about playing for Florida, Florida State, uh, the get you know the Gators, yes. Auburn, Alabama, all the SEC schools or ACC schools, right? So I grew up dreaming about Georgia. I mean, I grew up with the Georgia Florida game exactly. in my hometown, right? So I grew up wanting to play Division One uh, football. So when the opportunity presented itself, when I took a trip to Villanova and found out they were starting their program up again. I, I, I mean, I really couldn't, you know, I couldn't turn it down. I, I, it was, it was the, it was the dream I was looking for. So that's why I did it. Okay. Got Dr. Hall next question. Wow. So let's further set the stage here. And so what we have is we have a young man who is born in the South. He comes from a background, uh, we would say probably not so affluent, uh, could be poverty, he ends up, he's not a standout high school a football player, but he ends up playing football. And not only that, he ends up at a Division I school, a very academically challenging school, and a school uh, with a lot of uh, uh, students who are come from very affluent backgrounds. So herein lies our story. Now, Bo Dean, tell us a little bit more about that experience uh, of going through that transition. What was it like? Well, it, 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 most people would ask me, was it culture shock? And I would literally tell folks, no, it's not culture shock, even though I am in an, an environment that I wasn't familiar with. But the reason why, I mean, it was still in my mind, be it the front of my mind or the back of my mind, it was still in my mind that I could walk around campus the first three days of freshman orientation and not see anyone that looked like me. Right. <laughs> so it, it was on my mind, but I was there for a reason. I was there to play football and prove that I could play on that level. I already proved that I could play on the division two level. Now it was time to prove I could play on the division one level. So with that focus um, in my mind and in my heart, I basically let the off the field on campus environment play itself out. And because again, coming from the South with Southern hospitality, being friendly, being able to introduce myself to folks, have a conversation, I was able to um, adapt and start to embrace my environment with the help of other teammates who had diversity in their background, oh, okay. right? So I had a lot of help with uh, Nate 
Book Knight from Norristown, uh, Jay Curcio, John McGowan, uh, 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 Bob Rosado. So these guys had diversity on the field and off the field growing up. So they were able to help me and guide me along. So I relied on my teammates to help guide me through the process. And it ended up working out. It definitely ended up working out for you. But so was there a challenge involved in that? Oh, absolutely. There was, I'll give you a great example, Neil. Here's a perfect example. I've been coached by all black men my entire career from eighth grade, ninth grade through high school. And then at Cheney, I get at Villanova. There's one black coach on the staff. So what are the chances of that black coach being my position coach? Not the numbers aren't good, right? The ratio isn't good. The percentage exactly. isn't good. Yeah. So of course he was not my position coach. So my position coach ends up being a white coach. I'd never been coached by a white coach before. So I had to learn to give my coach the same level of respect I gave my black coaches in my career and in my past. Was that hard? Why was that hard for you? Because I'd never been coached by a white coach before. Wow. Also, Neil, that's a great question. Also, remember where I grew up. I grew up in a segregated black community. I went to an all black junior high school and all black high school. So when you grow up in the South in the eighties, but you were born in 1965, the year of the Voting Rights Act, the year before right. is the passage of the Civil Rights Act. Yes. Right? So you're growing up in a South that's different than it is today, right? So you have, and I grew up in a Southern Baptist church. So when you grow up in a Southern Baptist church, the preacher is educating you, the Sunday school teachers educating you right. not just on the, the the spiritual and and the spiritual teachings but they're also educating you you meaning us the kids on real life situations right don't go on the other side of town and cause chaos don't go on the other side of town and and find yourself in a bad situation so when you grow up hearing stories about the civil rights movement and all of the all of the terrible things that we know happened, you tend to you know it tends to stay in your mind. So when exactly. I arrived, at, you know, so when I arrived at Villanova, it wasn't just the environment; it was I wasn't familiar with that environment. Once my teammates again helped me understand that my position coach was there to help me be a better player. And then he and I begin to have a dialogue. It was now okay for him to grab my face mask. Because remember back in the eighties, you coach right. different than you do now. There's a difference between a white guy grabbing your face mask and pulling you in tight right. versus a black coach pulling you. See, in see this right. is a very interesting thing, Bo, Dean, Bo Dean, uh, because here's the thing, man. Uh, I taught at a, uh, a, I taught affluent, but then also taught at a Catholic school uh, mm -hmm. that was extra mile foundation. So it was mostly African-American. And mm -hmm. I see when I worked with the African-American males 
and I was a, a white teacher that mm-hmm. uh, when I would discipline them, how some of them weren't able to handle it because it was a white man. And it's because they were not in that diverse environment to the point of they were used to women, white women teachers. Now your book comes out, proves that fact right there. If I would have read that book or that would be for, you know, teachers out there, especially teaching in the inner cities that are white to understand how you should treat people that are not used. And it's almost an all black school that you have to learn that they're learning as well through this process. Can you kind of explain that more? They're used to seeing white females, but a male white teacher till high, they're not going to see that much in elementary school or middle school. Right. Oh, I, I, I agree. I agree. And, and so once I was able to get the chip off my shoulder give my coach the respect, the same level of respect I gave my black coaches throughout my career. And he and I were able to build a relationship, have a dialogue, have a conversation, you know, at the end of practice, pull me aside. I write about this, pull me aside and say, Bodine, what do you want? What do you want to do? What do you want to achieve? Coach, I want to make the team. I want to be a, I want to be a good player. Bodine, if you listen to me, I will make you a good player. If you listen to me, you're going to make the team because you're one of the best athletes I see. That in itself, when he said that to me, because remember, for years I had been trying to prove I was a good athlete. Right. For years I was trying to prove I was a good athlete. Once the coach said to me, you're going to make the team, you're a good athlete, I just need you to listen to me and follow and, and, and allow me to teach you put your head in the playbook. Don't just rely on your athletic ability. You've got to put your head in the playbook. Once I was able to develop that better relationship with him, it was, it was on game was on. He made me a better player, but I had to get through that process. All right, Dr. Hall, next question for Bodine. No problem. It is an incredible story. And so race against race, uh, his current book, it kind of, it tells the story uh, a little bit about America, how we come from uh, sometimes communities that are, they don't always look alike and sometimes they're segregated. And again, as we're coming to uh, teams, whether it's college teams or whether we're in the military, sometimes we come from racial backgrounds, which are combined with poor. Uh, black is combined with white. And so tell us about your experience going to Villanova, where you are now with an affluent, uh, affluent university, predominantly white team, and what experiences did you learn that can help us uh, as a nation uh, communicate better about diversity? Well, th- again, that's another great question. I was able to learn that not all white people are the same. <laughs> I learned that there was Italian and Irish and Polish and German, and the food was different. Everybody cooked based on their heritage and what great recipes were passed down from generation to generation, right? I was able to learn that people dress differently depending on what part of the country they came from. I normally, being from, the, being from Florida, like to dress lightly, right? Most people think student athletes wear sweats 
right, all the time or athletic gear. Sure, I did a little bit of that, but I like to wear shorts, right? I like to wear comfortable uh, T-shirts or, or golf shirts, right? So I was able to learn from this new environment uh, from different people, right? I was able to learn, uh, obviously, the first day I got off the train, <laughs> I saw Mercedes-Benz, Lamborghinis, Maseratis, Porsche, and I went, wow. I'm definitely in a different environment. So I was able to learn the difference between folks who were from New Jersey, who were from New York, from, from Maryland, from Virginia. So all of those things, I mean, it's, it's just like I was learning by going to class, right? I was learning from my environment and learning from different folks and it opened my mind. Yes and gave me an opportunity to enhance who I was. Right. And why so long till you wrote this book, Bodine? Why do you think it took so long and why now? Well, again, Howie Long was the first person to, to tell me, put my story on paper. And a couple of years went by and then all of a sudden, the you guys remember when Colin Kaepernick took the knee? Yes. And when he took the knee, yes. and we started that conversation, the media started the conversation, the nation started the conversation. Um, I would hear on the radio if I was driving, uh, you know, in my vehicle, I hear on the radio from the media, we need to have the race conversation. Or I'd be watching TV and I hear, you know, a TV host say, we need to have the race conversation. And I say to myself, sometimes I throw stuff at the TV, sometimes I yell at the radio and I say, hold on, athletes on a diverse team have had the race conversation. Why? Because we're together, especially during the season, we're together more with each other than we are with our girlfriends, significant others, families, other classmates and when you're together that much mother nature takes over right it's just right. it's going to be part of the, you're going to have a conversation that's going to all of a sudden you're going to be talking about you know clothes or movies right. i write about it in my book we're talking about um bruce lee movies and we went from bruce lee movies to talking about the movie's roots the series wow. right and so all of a sudden we're a few Teammates are in a room, black and white, sitting, having a very deep conversation about Alec Haley's incredible movie, Roots About right. Slavery. And you then, then you learn things about each other when you're having those important conversations. That's great. All right, so Dr. Hall, go ahead and summarize Bo Dean Sanders. Well, no problem, no problem. And, and, and this, his new book, Race Against Race, uh, it strives to bring us together and to talk about our differences, to talk about uh, diversity and to uh, uh, increase communication um, among races, particularly during this time here in America. And um, his experience uh, being a poor uh, young man in the South and going to a place like Villanova to play football, meeting very influential people like Holly Long has influenced him. And now he is out to spread the word that 
we as a nation can communicate about race and make it very uh, productive and interactive. And so, wow, I'm very excited that we had Bodine Sanders on the show today. Thanks a lot, Bodine. I, I appreciate it. And if you don't mind, I'd like to give one more example. I was lucky enough to be friendly with, I call him Mr. Irving. Most people call him Dr. J. He lived down the street from, from my dorm. And I got a chance wow. to hang out with his family uh, because of a classmate. And what also helped me, Neil and Doc, was I saw the relationship between Mr. Irving and Bobby Jones, his teammate. Yes. They had a genuine, incredible relationship with, with each other, not just on the court, but off the court. And I saw it off the court. And I was able to say to myself as a sophomore, I think it was, if they can have that kind of relationship between each other, I can do a better job, you know, for myself with my teammates and my classmates. And that helped me as well. Great. Where can we pick up the book? Where's the best place? Bob? Great. Oh, you can get it on any of your online retailers, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all the above. You can go to my website. Uh, I have all your online retailers on my website at bo-deansanders.com. All the information about my book and me, my profile is on my website and uh, all my media interviews. I hope to have yours on as well. And, uh, and so you can get all the information there. I appreciate it. Absolutely. We'll have that. We appreciate you coming by, Bodine, and uh, thanks for uh, coming on. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. That was the Dr. Christopher Hall Show. Take care.